0: visit AscentEquityGroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T EquityGroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only.
1: Always be straight with everyone you deal with. Have an abundance mindset and make sure that you Have your monthly and annual goals written out and work every day towards those goals.
2: Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, for all my fix and flippers out there, are your financing costs eating away at your bottom line? And are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by lowering your loan payments to the bank or maybe your private lender? well our best ever sponsor patch of land you know patch of land they've been on the show representatives of their company have been on the show many times they've been a sponsor of this show many many times they're back for more because they love you and they love working with the best ever listeners and they've got an interesting point of view on interest rates and that is that it's the interest rates that we are quoted shouldn't necessarily be taken at face value because perhaps a higher interest rate could actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And they have a white paper on how that is possible and how that is, can be applied to your fix and flip business to help your bottom line get more profitable and to help you choose the best uh, lender For your financing needs. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless, and they've got a white paper for you, and it will walk you through the way to evaluate interest rates in terms in general on your loan so that you truly are getting the best interest rate. Because there are some tricky things some lenders try to do to um, glaze over the fact that their lower interest rate, quote unquote, is actually higher based on some technical things that they put into it. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless and get that white paper so that you can save money on your fix and flip projects. Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffest stuff. With us today, Garth Kukla. How you doing, Garth? I'm
1: doing fantastic. Thanks,
2: Joe. Well, I'm doing well. I'm glad you're doing fantastic. A little bit about Garth. He is the founder of Tri-State Discount Real Estate, and he's a full-time wholesaler. He's been doing wholesaling full-time since July of 2016, and he is averaging about two to three deals a month. Prior to that, he was doing real estate. He is based in Newport, Kentucky, which is just a stone's throw away from Cincinnati, Ohio. His focus is finding off-market real estate deals and he sells them to investors who either flip or rent the property, i.e. wholesaling. So with that being said, Garth, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus?
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. Well, my background, I've been in sales for about 20 years. I started as a copier sales rep in 1997, been in regional management, and just prior to starting my investment company I led a national sales team in healthcare. But like you said, I also have been a landlord and a part-time flipper since 2008. I flipped a couple of houses. And I really think that combined experience of selling and real estate has allowed me to create the company that I have today. As far as my focus, number one is finding deals for my investors, because it seems like I never have enough deals for my investors. But I'm also constantly looking for cash buyers, investor partners to work with. And lastly, I'm growing my team. Currently, I have four people, including me, because my ultimate goal is to become one of the largest real estate wholesalers in Northern Kentucky and Greater Cincinnati in the next couple of years.
2: What would you say has brought you from zero deals to two to three a month?
1: Great question. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I act with integrity, I know my numbers. And I'm very creative when it comes to acquiring deals and selling those deals. Sadly, if you look at local investment groups, I'm a part of a couple of them. There's a lot of flippers and landlords that will have one bad story to tell about a wholesaler. And for me, I always strive to be straightforward with everyone I deal with, try to be accurate with my information, and I'm 100% transparent with what I do. So I think that's allowed me to do what I've done.
2: It's one thing to have the intention to give accurate information. It's another for that information to be actually accurate. So on the know your numbers part, what's your approach for identifying the accurate numbers to then share with who you're selling it to?
1: That's a great question. At the beginning, when I started and I didn't know as much as I know now, and I'll preface that by saying I still learn every day, so I don't feel like I know everything now. I would lean on other investors. I've built relationships with realtors, so I would speak to them. I've got a great relationship with one realtor in particular who they focus primarily on invest real estate. So when I don't know the numbers, I would check with them as far as values, locations. I'd even have them come with me to inspect the property to make sure that I'm looking at a proper property that is both sellable, meaning that it's in a proper location, but that its condition and everything is appropriate for me to move it to an investor and for them to make a profit. Mm -hmm. But since then, I've done enough deals in multiple locations where I live in Newport, so I know Newport. I just moved a deal literally a couple days ago. I knew the values because I live here. I've done multiple deals in other cities, and then I know those values as well as far as, again, what streets to be on, what houses, what condition, and then also what price. Price is obviously a big important part of this business, and if the price isn't right, then the deal's not right. So I have to make sure that's all appropriate while also allowing me to make a profit because I am a company.
2: And what type of profit do you try to make on each deal?
1: Right now, this year, I've been averaging about 7K per deal, but that number is growing. I've been able to deliver properties to investors where their upside is tremendous and I'm still able to make a good profit as well. It doesn't necessarily mean that any one deal I make a specific profit. Sometimes it's thinner, sometimes it's just a little better. The last deal I just spoke of, I was able to make 15K, but the investor is going to actually live in the property and he's inheriting 40 or 50,000 in equity in almost a moving condition house. So it allows me to make a a good profit while delivering good numbers for the investors so they come back and buy more for me.
2: And when you mention profit per deal, does that factor in marketing expenses and any other overhead?
1: At the beginning, it was difficult for me to explain to an investor why a wholesaler should make five or 10,000 on a deal. When they're usually in and out, they don't really do per se anything to the deal. My marketing, my expenses, my payroll run about $6,000 a month. These deals are harder to find nowadays. So between my team, my marketing, SEO and my websites and everything, it it gets expensive. So that number is before expenses. Mm -hmm.
2: As far as SEO, you just mentioned it. Who does
1: that for you? Investor Carrot. And they're tremendous. Got it.
2: All right. So you got SEO from a marketing standpoint. Do you do anything else to get inbound leads?
1: Yeah. My main thing has been direct mail. I use yellowletters.com. Marketing to motivated sellers who have at least 30% equity and at least own the property for four years. I get lists from ListSource. That has been the primary way, but that has kind of shifted a little bit. Actually, one of your podcasts, I'm a Skip Genie customer now, so I'm starting to skip trace properties. I'm also doing a tremendous amount of networking. I host a group in Northern Kentucky. I attend your group in Ohio, so a lot of networking allows me to get deals as well. And I also work with newer wholesalers and help them, and they'll bring me deals and I'll help them. So there's multiple ways to find deals, and you have to use that because one avenue will not give you enough deals to keep your business afloat.
2: And for best ever listeners who are curious about the skip tracing conversation, episode 1065 titled, How to Track Down Vacant Property Owners, 1065 with Larry Higgins. Okay. So out of all those, which one provides you with the best ROI?
1: For me, the best ROI?
2: Yeah. All those different SEO, direct mail, and then skip genie.
1: Well, Skip Genie, I just started, but I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be tremendous. I also have somebody that just does phone calls for me. So I think that avenue I haven't fully exploited yet. I think that so far the deal that has been the best for me was found via direct mail. But I've also done some deals where people just call me up and know because I've built a reputation of being able to move deals. I actually have a couple buyers who have called me up and decided to not do the deal and they wanted to sell it just quickly, and they call me up, and I'm able to move the deal quickly. That's what happened with this last deal. And I was able to make 15K, but my best deal ever was through direct mail.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Going from two to three deals to wanting to be the largest wholesaler in, I think you said, the northern Kentucky area, right?
1: Northern Kentucky and eventually into greater Cincinnati. Greater like right Cincinnati. Right now, northern Kentucky. Okay. Yep. How
2: do you know how to? go from where you're at to where you want to be in terms of how do you actually get there?
1: It's really about capacity. What I mean by that is when I first started, I started part-time while I was still working in corporate America before I left my last position. I did a couple deals and then I had a Filipino virtual assistant. She eventually went full-time with me in October of last year. And soon after that, my business grew to the point where I couldn't manage everything myself. I couldn't do all the marketing myself. I couldn't answer all the emails. I couldn't go to see the houses myself. And that's where building the team comes in. And I think that's where my sales background of managing a team has really been helpful. So for me to become the largest in Northern Kentucky and one of the largest in Greater Cincinnati would require a team of an acquisition manager, a transactional coordinator, a couple more virtual assistants helping me with phone calls and helping me with navigating, making the phone calls necessary via Skip Genie. Right now what I'm having my virtual assistant who's making phone calls for me, basically set up phone appointments for me, which allows me to just focus on getting deals and getting more cash buyers. So to be able to grow that, is going to basically require more people. Again, getting back to the capacity.
2: Any tips for the best ever listeners who are looking to hire a virtual assistant?
1: Yeah, I use Upwork and I've done well with them. My first assistant is still with me. It took a little time to find my second one. Have a good job description. Have a good interview process. Our interview process now is my first virtual assistant does the first interviews. Another team member does the second interview and I did the third. And if all three of us loved a person, then that person joined our team. That just happened last week. But then just also understanding, I like Filipino virtual assistants because they speak really well. English is their second language. So understanding good English is important, especially when most of the motivated sellers I speak to are older. And maybe they don't have the best hearing, so you have to be very clear in what you say but just having a good interview process and having some good questions, but also having clarity in what you're trying to achieve and also stability as far as there's a lot of people that start this business thinking it's relatively easy. So you want to be able to show the people you hire, Hey, I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to be here next year. I plan on being here five years from now. And that will allow you to hire some really, really talented people at a tremendous value.
2: The, Process that you mentioned, it intrigues me when you do the interviews. You first have your first virtual assistant interview, then another team member, and then you. What questions do you ask that they haven't asked?
1: I like to ask questions like big picture questions. Where do you see yourself in one year, three years, five years? What motivates you? What makes you different from other people that we've spoken to? But also, I'm a big proponent of building a team. So one of the questions I asked is, what did you think of the process so far? And did you like the questions and the people you spoke with? Lastly, I think preparation. How prepared are they? When I was a salesperson, every time I interviewed, I would over-prepare just to show the person I was talking to that I wanted this position really, really badly. And I'd like to see that. So I want to make sure that when they Get on the phone with me that they've spent some time preparing, looking at our websites, understanding our business, understanding the role, and then how they could add to the team. Does that answer your question?
2: Yeah. You've got a 20 year sales background prior to doing this full time. What aspects of that background do you apply to closing more deals as a wholesaler?
1: Great question. First, honestly, negotiating the deal on the front end. But that's also where the integrity comes into play. When I'm speaking to, let's say, a 65, 70-year-old woman, obviously, I have better negotiating skills than they may have. But making sure I can find a deal, but then acting with integrity is, if the situation isn't best for me to do a deal with them, I'll literally tell them that. For example, if somebody has a house that's in great shape, and they've got six months to sell, I will tell them I am not their best option. I come into play when, generally speaking, the house is in rough shape, a lot of deferred maintenance hasn't been done, and or if they just need to sell quickly, and or if they just don't want people going through their house listing it as a realtor. But if they're okay with that, and if they have time, I'll literally tell them. And that's where I feel like I act with integrity, because that's where I treat everybody like I want them to be treating me or treating my mother, if you will. And sometimes I actually talk people out of doing deals with me because it's not in their best interest. But that action has also garnered a lot of my reputation to this point of being somebody that's straight with people, both from a buyer standpoint, as well as a seller standpoint. And that's, I think, what's allowed me to grow the company as far as it has been to this point.
2: I'm going to preface by saying I totally get that. The acting with integrity part isn't to get more deals done. It's just to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be proud of who you are. So I get that. But now I'm going to ask a question that I can ask because I just said that. And the question is, have you noticed when you, for example, talk to someone, you mention points that turn the deal away from you but it adds to your credibility in the market amongst the community. Have you noticed a specific cause and effect with one of those times where it then led to a closed transaction?
1: Yes. If I'm speaking to somebody and they've got six months to sell and their house is in good shape and they're okay with a realtor, I will ask the question, do you have a relationship with a realtor? And if they say no, I'll say, since I am investing in real estate every day, I have built some relationships with some very honest, trustworthy realtors. May I have one of them call you? And I've literally had four different transactions where a realtor was able to list the property and sell the property for them. And one of those realtors has actually taken a deal where it didn't fit them back to me, if that makes sense. And I was able to move it quickly for them because the situation was they didn't want to list it. They had to sell quickly And that realtor who I gave them a couple listings gave me back a deal as well. And to this day, we're friends. We're going to be having lunch next week just to continue our relationship. So that's how that's worked in the past.
2: And do you get any referral fee on those four other ones that they closed?
1: I do. Typically, because what I've worked out a deal with them is, obviously, I'm spending thousands and thousands of dollars on marketing. So they'll give me a small marketing fee back, which usually works out to be a couple hundred dollars. It's nothing that I would call anything that adds to my bottom line, but it helps me defer my costs of finding that lead. Typically, I'm spending around $3,000 a month in direct mail marketing. So if I find a deal from that and I transfer it to somebody, I do try to recoup or monetize that lead a little bit to offset some of those costs.
2: Mm-hmm. If you're making 7000 a closing and you're spending 3000 in marketing and assuming some of your other overhead costs aren't extraordinary, then you're making a good profit margin per deal.
1: Yeah, I'm really proud of this. From July to December of last year, I was able to make a profit after expenses and after taxes of 25K in just that short amount of time. Wasn't a tremendous amount of money, but I was able to basically kind of replace my base salary for my Mm. company that I left. This year, obviously, I'm looking to exponentially grow that because I'm not just looking for a job, I'm looking for a company. I'm starting to build a relationship in the real estate world where realtors have heard of me, flippers know who I am, that I deliver good deals, that I'm one of those people that just gives as accurate information as I can possibly give. But there's a funny thing where sometimes people don't like to admit their wholesalers to people. I had somebody that I did a deal with last year, a seller who read my contract, he wanted to review my contract for a couple days. And after we were sitting down, he actually asked me, are you a wholesaler? And I said, yes, I am. And then he says, are you going to wholesale my house? And I said, yes, I probably will. But we agreed on the price and you're happy with the price. So let's just do this deal. And that's where my selling experience comes into play, where I'm able to overcome that objection and then just close the deal while being honest with the seller. And I say that because I've been called before by wholesalers who are going after one of my deals, and I ask them, are you a wholesaler? And they say, no, I'm an investor, when they're actually a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So just always be straight with people. And though your perception might be that might cause you to grow your company a little slower, if you build your reputation on integrity and just being straight with people, in the long run, that will benefit you down the road. And that's what I do every day.
2: 100% agree. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Great question. Always be straight with everyone you deal with. Have an abundance mindset and make sure that you have your monthly and annual goals written out and work every day towards those goals.
2: Ready for the best ever lightning round?
1: Ready. All right, let's do it.
2: First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan, and conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to Patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Ready to enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes, Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at BeforeTheMillions.com. That's BeforeTheMillions.com. Okay, best ever book you've read?
1: Best ever book I read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It changed my life. It got me thinking about real estate as a career, and it was literally the best decision I've ever made.
2: The story of the best ever deal you've done?
1: Best ever deal I've done? I would say it was the last deal I did. I was able to sell it in a day. I made a great payday, 15K, and both my buyer and my seller were extremely happy with the transaction.
2: What's a mistake you've made on a transaction?
1: Great question. My fourth deal, not communicating correctly with a new buyer who is represented by a realtor, and that realtor wasn't familiar with closing a wholesale deal.
2: So, what happens?
1: Well, you have to explain that closing a wholesale deal is much different than closing an MLS deal. The inspection period, the out clauses on the contract, et cetera, et cetera. And you need to have the experience and confidence that allows you to explain that to somebody who isn't familiar with that process.
2: Did you end up closing?
1: Yes, I did. It was difficult, and I've since gotten those again, and I know what to say. It's mostly about properly explaining that somebody has just never done a wholesale deal, it is very different than closing from an MLS deal. So just having the words to say it and the confidence and experience to back it up.
2: Best ever way you'd like to give back?
1: Since I have an abundance mindset, I've personally helped over five new wholesalers learn the business by sharing my experience and answering any questions they ask. And if any of your listeners want to reach out to me with their questions, I'll be happy to do the same.
2: How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you?
1: You can find me on BiggerPockets or on my investor website, www.tristatediscountrealestate.com, or you can email me directly at garth at estatecom And
2: that link to your website will be in the show notes page. Thank you so much, Garth, for being on the show and talking about how you have not only replaced your income that you had as a base salary in your first, what was that, six months or so of wholesaling. But then also now you're focused on the next stage, which is growing the company into the largest wholesaling company in Northern Kentucky and eventually the Cincinnati area. How you're doing that, the different ways you're getting deals, SEO, direct mail, testing Skip Genie after listening to one of the episodes on this show and attending meetups and the numbers behind your business and what you look for, payroll, overall averaging profits per deal, etc. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Joe. Have a great day. Ready to
2: enter the minds of successful entrepreneurs and millionaires? Are you ready to excel in your entrepreneurial and investing journey? The new podcast, Before the Millions, studies phenomenal entrepreneurs and their path to millions. Journey through exclusive interviews, giving you all the secrets to mimic their successes, Listen and subscribe to Before the Millions podcast at BeforeTheMillions.com. That's BeforeTheMillions.com.